Being mindful is the practice of maintaining a non-judgmental state of heightened or complete awareness of one's thoughts, emotions, or experiences on a moment-to-moment basis, which can be extremely important while trying to understand and learn more about mental health. So let me welcome you to Mindful Thoughts. My name is Dolores, and I feel like my mission in life is to help break down those barriers around mental wellness by sharing personal stories, tips, and confessions of mental health to help us shine a light on mental wellness. So what are we waiting for? Let's dive in. Hey guys, today I want to discuss another mental health illness, and that is post-traumatic stress. Now, post-traumatic stress is a mental health condition that's triggered by a terrifying event that you either experience or witness. Symptoms may include flashbacks, nightmares, and severe anxiety around those events. Most people who go through traumatic events may have temporarily difficulties adjusting and coping, but with some time and good self-care, they usually get better. The symptoms may start within one month of the traumatic event, but sometimes may not appear until years after the event. They can cause significant problems in social or work situations and even in your relationships and interfere with your daily life. Now, for me, when I first think of post-traumatic stress, I think of people who were in the army. People who have been a part of war, you know, the gun noises and the bomb noises and things that you're experiencing. And for a lot of people, when they come back from war, they have hard times coping when they hear a car backfire or fireworks because these things are triggering to them. But then the also the more I dug deep into this, it's just not people who go to war. It's people who've been in something traumatic. Shootings at, you know, the movie theaters or the shootings that have been happening at clubs, uh, the bombs that went off, um, you know, at at that race that one year. And these people are experiencing or witnessing these very traumatic things. And sometimes it's really hard to cope with it or, you know, to go back to that place or to be passing a place that reminds you of it. And, you know, I think, too, people don't realize that you can have post-traumatic stress from relationships and friendships and, you know, things like uh, being abused by somebody. That was something that I didn't realize I had coming out of an, an emotionally abusive relationship is that a year after the relationship, I felt okay. And it wasn't until I met my fiance and when we first started dating that like there was things he would do that triggered me or things he would say that triggered me and brought up these painful memories or these painful feelings that like I didn't realize like what it was until, you know, I actually researched this and was like, I'm having post-traumatic stress over, you know, these experiences I've had. So, you know, think when you think about something when you have really bad anxiety about it or you feel a certain way, it's because you could have, you know, this reaction to something that happened to you and it could be post-traumatic stress bringing it back up and you feeling it and feeling the way you're feeling. And for a lot of people, you might not realize that's what you're going through. And I didn't realize that's what I was going through until I did some research of 
on it and you know I was like wow you know yep that definitely makes sense but that's what I said for a lot of people when you think about it you think of people who were in the army or at war because back in the day and even to this day a lot of people who experience that you know come back and they have hard times adjusting and coping with it and you know dealing with it but you know over time and if you take care of yourself really good and do things you need to do for yourself it can get easier now the symptoms for this are generally grouped into four different types the four different types are intrusive memories avoidance negative changes in thinking and mood, and changes in physical and emotional reactions. So the first one we'll talk about is intrusive memories. These are reoccurring, unwanted, distressing memories of the traumatic event. Or you could be reliving the traumatic event as if it was happening again. Those would be like flashbacks. Uh, you could have upsetting, upsetting dreams and nightmares. And you could have severe emotional distress or physical reactions to something that reminds you of it. So intrusive memories are just, you know, your memories of it happening again or you can envision it or you pass a place that reminds you of it or a person that reminds you of it or you watch the news and something they say reminds you of it. And these are the memories that you have around something that was very traumatic to you in your life. And a lot of people... Uh, again that came back from war would have trouble sleeping because they would have dreams and these nightmares about it happening again or people that were involved in something you know like the bombings or the shootings that have been happening could have these nightmares of like reliving it and wake up in sweats and you know feeling the way they feel and having these high anxiety moments because your mind is reminding you of how it happened and is almost like a flashback of you reliving it. So the second thing people do is they avoid it. Avoidance. They try to avoid thinking or talking about it and they avoid the places, activities, and people that remind them of it. So they don't want to talk about it. They don't want to think about it. They don't want those memories. And if there's places that they walk by or activities that they used to do, or people that they were with that remind them of it, they'll avoid it altogether because they just don't want to ever feel that way or experience it again. Number three is they have negative changes in thinking and mood. They have negative thoughts about themselves, other people in the world. They feel hopelessness about the future. They have memory problems, difficulty maintaining close relationships, feeling detached, lack of interest in activities, difficulty experiencing positive emotions, and feeling emotionally numb. So these people who experience these hard things or go through these traumatic events, it could change them personally, change how they think about, again, their lives, other people around them, the world, and it can shift their whole mood and almost make it seem like they're a different person. But what you have to realize is that they went through something that was very difficult and everybody has their own way of dealing with it and coping with it. So if you notice that in somebody, you might encourage them to talk about it or encourage them to seek help because, you know, if it's changing them and who they are, it's something to really pay attention to. 
And the last grouping you could be in is changes in physical and emotional reactions. This is being easily startled and frightened, always being on guard for danger, self-destructive behavior, trouble sleeping and concentrating, irritability, angry outbursts, or aggressive behavior, or overwhelming guilt and shame. That's why I say for people who go to war or people who were by gunfire or bombs, fireworks, a car backfiring, you know, these are all things that are startling and frightening to you because it makes you, you know, scared that something is happening to you traumatic again. And like I said, in abusive relationships, you know, uh, someone saying something or something coming at you or, you know, their hand motions or their body motions, you, you know, you get on guard because you're like, how do I protect myself from getting hurt again? How do I protect myself from not having to go back and go through what I went through before? And, you know, it's just one of those things to, if you're someone going through it, to seek help for it. But if you're someone watching somebody to go through it, to be patient with them and realize, like, they went through something that was very hard and they're just trying to cope with it and find a way to keep going. So, you know, kinds of traumatic events are combat exposure, childhood abuse, sexual violence, physical assault, being threatened with a weapon, or even like an accident, a car accident, you know, something that just is very traumatic to you. So after surviving a traumatic event, many people have P PTSD-like symptoms at first, such as being unable to stop thinking about what happened. Fear, anxiety, anger, depression, and guilt all are common reactions to the trauma. However, the majority of people exposed to trauma do not develop long-term PSD. Getting timely help and support may prevent normal stress reactions from getting worse and developing into PTSD. This may mean turning to family and friends who will listen and offer comfort. It may mean seeking out a mental health professional for a benefit course of therapy. Support from others also may help prevent you from turning to unhealthy coping mechanisms. So again, if you're going through something hard or you have a loved one that is going through something hard, I encourage you to seek help. I encourage you to help them seek help because that is going to be a way for them to find somebody to talk to, talk to a therapist, open up about what they're going through, and, you know, find those ways to have a normal stress reaction before they get really worse and then they develop that PTSD that is going to be long-term that's going to need long-term care and long-term therapy and it helps them from turning from turning to unhealthy coping mechanisms like drinking and drugs and things that are not good for you when you're going through something and trying to heal yourself and heal your mind from something traumatic that happened. So Coping and support looks like following your treatment plan, taking time to feel the benefits, routinely communication with your health professional, follow your treatment plan that they put you on, go to therapy, tell your health care doctor how you're feeling, what's working, what's not working so you can get the right treatment plan for you. It's learning more about PTSD. Knowledge can help you understand what you're feeling and help develop coping strategies. If you don't know how you're feeling or you don't know what you're going through, 
research, reaching out to your doctor, learning as much as you can can help you really get through things that you're struggling from because it helps you learn the coping strategies you need, help you understand why you might be feeling the way you're feeling. So always learn more about what you're dealing with to help better understand what you need to do for yourself. You need to take care of yourself. You need to get enough rest. You need to eat a healthy diet. You need to exercise. You need to take time to relax. Take care of yourself during these hard times. That is so important. Don't self-medicate. Alcohol and drugs to numb isn't healthy. And these can be tempting ways to cope, but problems down the road and these can interfere with your treatment and they can prevent real healing. I'm not going to lie to you guys, but to be honest, when I left my emotionally abusive relationship, I went to, you know, drinking and smoking weed because I felt like those were helping numb the feelings that I had around it. And it was only until I stopped drinking all the time and stopped smoking that I had to deal with real emotions and real traumatic, you know, reactions to things that like I was numbing before. So it's not good to numb your feelings, not good to numb you know, any part of that. So don't reach out and try to cope with that because in the long run, it's going to be so much worse for you than it would have been if you were able to talk to somebody and, and feel those emotions and feel ways to, you know, uh, develop those coping strategies to help you live every single day and, you know, heal that um, part of you that needs to be healed. And healing is a process, so it's not going to be something that's going to be like, the next day you're fine and you're better. It's an everyday practice and an everyday healing and keep doing it for the rest of your life. Another thing is to break the cycle. When you feel anxious, take a brisk walk or jump into a hobby to refocus you. Stay connected. Spend time with supportive and caring people. You don't have to talk about it. Just share. sharing time with loved ones can offer healing and comfort. Consider a support group. Ask for help. Guys, if you need help, ask for help. It does not make you look weak to need help. It is so, it just makes, like, I feel like asking for help is strength because you're acknowledging something is wrong. You're acknowledging that you can't do it by yourself and you're acknowledging that you need to take that step for you to make your life better. So please reach out for help. Please do what you need to do for yourself and get the care that you need. Now, how do you take care of a loved one that has PTSD? See, the person you love may seem like a different person than you knew before the trauma like angry, irritable, withdrawn, or depressed, and it can significantly drain the emotional and mental health of the loved ones and friends. So hearing about their trauma can be painful for you and even cause you to relive difficult events. You may find yourself avoiding attempting talking to them about the trauma because you don't want them to feel hopeless, you want them to get better. But at the same time, you might feel guilty because you can't fix them or hurry up the process. But 
please remember that you can't change them, but you can be there for them. So again, uh, when you are trying to help them get through it, be patient with them. Let them open up to you when they feel open. Be somebody that's there to listen to them. And it can be painful to watch someone go through something and you can't do anything to help them, but just being with them, being in the presence with them, sitting with them, letting them cry without talking about it, waiting until they're ready to be open with you and talk about it. Just be there, be supportive, you know, love on them, let them know that you're there and you're not going in there and when they're ready to open up or when they're ready to seek help, you are going to be there to help them. So you can, if you have somebody who's suffering from it, you can learn about PTSD because this can help you understand what they're going through. Uh, recognize that avoidance and withdrawal are a part of the disorder. If they resist your help, allow the space and let them know you are there when they are ready to accept the help. Do not push them. Just simply say, I get it. You are trying to avoid it or withdraw from it because you don't want to feel that again. But when you are ready, I am here for you and I am ready to help you accept the help that you need. Offer to attend medical appointments. If they're willing to let you, attending appointments will help you understand and assist them in their treatment. Be willing to listen. Let them know you're willing to listen, but understand if they don't want to dock, don't force them to talk about it until they're ready. Encourage participation. Plan opportunities for activities and celebrate good events. Make your own health a priority. Take care of yourself by eating healthy, being physically active, and getting enough rest. Take time alone doing activities that help recharge you. When you're taking care of somebody else, you can neglect taking care of yourself. You can neglect eating and sleeping and doing what you need to do for you. But in the long run, that's not going to help that person. What you need to do is take care of yourself. So then in return, you can help to take care of them as well. Seek help if you need it. If you have difficulty coping, reach out to your doctor. They may refer you to a therapist. If you're having trouble coping with how this person is going through it, you might just need to seek help as well. Talk to somebody about it. Talk to them about the rough times you're having or how you're feeling. So then in return, again, you can help that person that is going through it and stay safe. Plan a safe place if they become violent or abusive. When somebody is going through something hard, they may be you know, angry or aggressive. So if you're someone who is in a relationship with someone who has children, you know, you can plan to have a safe place where you go by, by yourself or with your family to, you know, protect you uh, from that loved one who may be aggressive, just to also to give them that time to relax and, you know, go through what they're going through. And then maybe uh, that will also allow you to safely come back and take a step in and be there for them when they are ready for you to be there for them. So with any mental health illness, it's a process. And when you're going through it or you have someone that you love going through it, it can be rough, 
because that person may be going at their own pace and we all you know personally like I've been there when I, I, I just want to feel better I just want to be better and I I don't want to feel the way I'm feeling so you, you're such in a rush to just like be better and feel better and sometimes that's just not the best way to do it and when you also are someone on the outside looking at the person going through it you just want them to be better so you want to rush the process but you can't rush the process the person needs to go through what they need to go through they need to feel how they need to feel and then they need to do what's best for them when they're ready to do what's best for them i think a lot of times when you see somebody going through it or you're somebody who's going through it and somebody else is watching you the first reaction is oh you really need to get help and I think there's times where people just feel put off by that. They're like, oh, there's nothing wrong with me. I'm perfectly fine. And if you're someone who is watching somebody go through that, you know, saying something like that to them could be triggering or make them feel a certain way. Or if you're somebody who has somebody say that to you, you feel a certain way about that. But the person who's saying it to you or you're saying it to them, you know that it's not in a harmful way, it's in a loving way. You just want them to take care of themselves and you want them to feel better and you want them to get the help they need to have. But everything takes time, so be patient with your loved ones and your friends and uh, the people that you care about in your life because everybody reacts differently, everybody, you know, their process of healing is different and Sometimes you just need to let them do what they need to do and when they are ready they will come to you and let you know that they are ready for help or they will personally reach out and get help themselves. Everybody knows that limit that they're going to get to and then they know when they're going to need help and when they're going to need to reach out and you just you know have to be patient and be there for them and especially with somebody who goes through a traumatic event you know they cope in their own ways and they deal with it in their own ways and for somebody on the outside watching them you just need to be there with them you need to sit with them you need to let them know that if they're not ready to talk about it you're there when they're ready to talk about it and you're going to be there with them up until they get help or if you know, whatever they need, you are there and you're never going to leave them. I think that is one of the important things too, is just make sure they don't feel alone and, you know, let them feel the emotions they're feeling. And again, just let them know you're there and you're going to be there. And when they're ready, they are ready. So I hope today you learn things that you might have not known and I hope this was helpful for you if you're experiencing it or you have somebody in your life that is, is experiencing it. And like always, I want you guys to know that you are never alone and that I love you. Thank you so much for listening to another episode. And you know what would be so amazing? If you shared, left a comment, and liked this episode. Any type of support and love for this podcast is going to help it grow more and more every day. I'm so grateful to have you here, and I'll talk to you again soon.